0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace, the
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings, happy Friday! Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV. Radio and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you at 888-900-3393. Again, that's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And then you can also uh, let us know what you think about what we think on our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace as well and again the last name is d-e-a-c-e don't forget my new book the novella sequel to a nefarious plot drops on december the 15th a nefarious carol pre-sales available as we speak right now over at amazon.com thanks to all of you that have gotten yours in my kids thank you as well you're doing your part to make sure that really they get a christmas at all frankly so that's how desperate i am at this point so a nefarious carol the sequel to a nefarious plot coming your way on december the 15th you know it's becoming increasingly important to make sure that independent voices are heard these days this year it's more crucial than ever that's why we're excited to announce that we here at blaze tv we are partnering with pluto tv to find new ways to make sure that conservative voices Uh, are breaking through so go tell your friends relatives or anyone who needs to hear some sanity every now and then in an increasingly insane world to watch blaze tv our ad supported 24 7 limited live stream on pluto tv that's channel 250 uh that's channel 250 on pluto tv you can drop in 250 plus channels of free tv plus thousands of on-demand movies and series absolutely free over on pluto tv it's free to drop in go to plutotv.com again pluto just like well is it a planet do you know did they because it's gone back and forth over the last 20 years is it currently a planet with the experts of course in science
0: you're not allowed to assume it's gender
1: that uh, thank you okay that's that's always the answer thank you yes all right so i'm not sure pluto may or may not be. It's the transgendered uh, uh, heavenly mass. We're not sure if it is a planet or not. It's transitioning, okay? Uh, But you can go to Pluto, just like the transitioning mass sounds and is spelled, plutotv.com, or you can download the Pluto TV app as well. Of course, today is a Friday, so you know the drill. Next hour, Feedback Friday. We will look at some of the things that you have said to us and respond accordingly next hour, but we begin with the day script. Your weekly look at the week that was. There she is, our friend from New York, talk show host Shannon Joy, joining us here for the Days Group, brought to you by ScoreMaster. You know the average American has almost 100 points they can add to their credit score but has no idea how to get access to that uh, to that uh, total. Why? Well, because the banks don't want to make it easy on you because that if they have the information, they have the power. And what ScoreMaster does, it's, it's the new super-duper credit uh, science that helps you to super-boost your credit score. What do I mean by super-boost? not just a few points. The average ScoreMaster user can raise their credit score about 60 points in just about three weeks. So that can make a huge difference, not just in whether you get approved for that business loan, the home loan, the mortgage that you want, but the kind of rate that you can get, the kind of terms that you can get on that loan. All right. So, in a lot of a lot of you know employers are doing credit checks nowadays as part of their backgrounds for hiring as well. So, if you want that information given to you where it belongs, you can specifically learn why you have the score you have, and then be be specifically shown where to get to the score you want. All right. Go to ScoreMaster.com/Steve. That's ScoreMaster.com/slash Steve, let us begin with issue one. Bleep, Democrats say.
2: I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. You are the people in history. They
3: warned us
2: about. Come on.
3: As a woman, uh, do you support the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett? Absolutely not. What do you is the most dangerous thing about her?
2: Come on. I'm
3: saying if I was that child, I'd probably want to kill myself, yeah.
2: Come on. I want to show you what I got as a gift. Call damn it doll.
4: Come on. Masks really do work in preventing infection. Come on, folks. A lot of people talk about
2: not wasting a crisis. We shouldn't. Come on. The expectation is we'll have another 200,000 Americans dead be time between now and the end of the year in the midst of a pandemic we do almost literally are walking through the valley of the
5: shadow of death come on he is spending most of the time according to task force members i've spoken with with dr scott atlas and we should point out scott atlas dr scott atlas is a neuroradiologist he is not an expert on infectious diseases
2: and come on Merrick was an idea an idea we hold these truths to be self-evident We've never lived up to it, but we've never walked away from it before.
3: That's a lot of jet fuel just to do a little flyover.
2: That's your hard-earned money and your tax dollars at work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden ticket. I'll tell you that right now. Come on. If are
0: allegations of corruption involving Joe Biden. me. Have the Democrats? I'm sorry. I'm not answering your questions. Okay. We're talking about the coronavirus. Come on. There is absolutely zero, none, zero evidence that Black Lives Matter has ever pushed for anything violent, pushed for anything violent to happen to police. Come on. If the president decides to amplify these latest smears about the vice president and
2: his surviving son, that is Russian misinformation. Come on. Not one single person with private insurance would lose their insurance under my plan, nor did they under Obamacare. Come on. Mr. Biden, Mr. <laughs> Biden, what flavor did you get? You got one mile one chapter. Come on. They warned us about people like you! Pay attention! Come on, folks.
1: So, what was your favorite crazy horse on the carousel and cavalcade of whimsy this week, Shannon, as our guest? Good to see you again. You get to go first. Go ahead.
3: Hey, fellas, how are you? Uh, you know, I think we need an exorcism in this country because the delusion, the crazy. I, I again, I'm you know, I'm back to my cynical self. I'm at a one at this point. I mean, we have gone. I'm, call me Alice. We are down the rabbit hole. Uh, Nothing makes any sense, everyone is freaking crazy and we've decided to go this way. I mean the the most amazing part of all of this is the Republicans continue to play in their sandbox, right? And accept the narrative about COVID-19, and accept the idea that there's some lurking deadly pandemic that's going to kill everyone. I mean all of it we're embracing the lie as conservatives and Republicans at least from, you know, the upper echelons of the party. And so that's the that's the most uh, amazing thing to me, but You know, I'm at a one. We're crazy. We've decided to do this. I don't even know what's going to happen. Aliens could land tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's where I'm at at this point.
1: Actually, Shannon, I I hate to tell you this, but according to the Department of Defense, Mm -hmm. the aliens have already landed, Shannon. Yep. They they are now confirming that UFOs exist and are real. And... No one really yeah. seems to care about that right now, which is very <laughs> intriguing to me. So, yes, uh, they've 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 already landed. And if you listen to Joe Biden last night, he wants 11 oh. more of them to land. But I'm yeah. being bada boom. Oh, Sorry. We
3: want this. Yeah. We're lapping it up. We're like, give me more. Like, it's just we, like. This is going to this will play out somehow. I don't know how this is. I'm just I'm white knuckled like all of you on the roller coaster. And just waiting to see what's going to come around, right. because there's there's no way to predict anything at this point. I don't even know. I
0: like, love this. What
3: are we even doing here?
0: It's been a while <laughs> since we've talked to you, Shannon. I just want to say for the record, broken Shannon is my favorite Shannon.
1: Last time we <laughs> talked to Shannon, she was dug in, and hey, I've bought into this narrative as well on that. About this, the this is a reality show, and the script is playing itself out. And now, she's <laughs> like. Uh, The Screen Actors Guild are on strike. I don't know what's going on here. This is just like random acting and emoting. It's all being ad-libbed. This is not a scripted show. I don't know what to do. Indeed, Todd.
0: Mine is uh, Jake Tapper. I I hate that guy. Because he's really... the, The Screaming Woman is ultimately legitimized by people like him. And fraudulent posing like he just did there well you know scott atlas is not an expert in infectious disease he's just a radiologist totally a totally blasting past the fact that he's the expert on public policy as it relates uh, to healthcare. secondly i've been in a newsroom for 12 years that journalism degree you know what it's There's really not that much to it, but you guys fancy yours and your job is legitimately to some extent to be, get yourself up to speed on a lot of topics every day, as much as possible. And you walk around as if you're the cat's meow, you know, everything, you're the people that are trusted, you run these fawning videos about how important you are standing on this wall. While at the same time this week, editorials out of several of your institutions are defending a guy who's one of these experts who just got caught playing with self on Zoom, and you're legitimizing it as the stuff of, you know, just normalcy. This is what normal people do, and you're just a bunch of squares if you complain about it. That's the kind of utter BS that Jake Tapper defends when we yes, Scott Atlas is the problem in all this. Not guys like you, Jeffrey Tubin. Fauci is Scott Atlas has a far broader net to cast on healthcare policy, infinitely so than Fauci. It 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 it's guys like you that have ruined the entire journalism industry and it's not that crazy woman at the beginning and the end that has everybody under a trance it's you you should go to jail before she does and just to clarify
1: and if I were on with Jake when he tried that if he tried that with me I'd say hey well, you know, a couple of months ago, Dr. Harvey Risch, renowned uh, epidemiologist at uh, at Yale University, Correct. was on your airwaves, and one of your anchors pretended to tell him he didn't understand what a random st- study, random trial was. He didn't understand how uh, how you, we t- determine if hydroxychloroquine Stilter, worked right? or not. Yeah, yeah. so uh, wasn't Stilter, it wasn't Stelter. Was some oh, other Dwayne okay. uh, Yeah. Why? Where does he get off? By your own standard, where does he yes. get off questioning Dr. Harvey Risch, challenging him as if he knows more about it than him? Secondly, Dr. Atlas is not diagnosing patients he's not he's not treating a disease he's looking at the data provided by those who do and then responding accordingly <clears> Has <throat> he said something can you point out some error in in the in, in the infection fatality rate numbers he has cited can you can you point out some error in the case fatality rates that he has cited um, has he cited some real-time data on masks that is not correct is it not correct that Hawaii started a mask mandate on April 24th and then ended up seeing a 700% increase in cases anyway months later with huge mask use is that are those numbers not correct by all means if they're not tell me because Scott Atlas is not treating patients as as an immunologist he is dealing with healthcare public policy as a healthcare professional and then how, how those data points and numbers relate to the public policy we ought to have so can you point out some error in his numbers that he has and of course, the answer to that would be what?
5: No, no, which Here's is why this I, video of a squirrel, uh, yeah. yeah, waterboarding. Yeah. Aaron, Oh, uh, man, I, I think for me it's the the woman at that feminist march. Uh, which, by the way, speaking of, uh, is that a super spreader event? Doctor Anthony Fauci, inquiring minds would like to know. Anywho, that woman at the uh, at the feminist march. There are actually two videos in there, but the one where she just comes out right out and says, uh, you know, what? what's your biggest concern about uh, Amy Coney Barrett? Uh, her religion. That's. Yeah. All right, then. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate the yeah. honesty, thank the you. lack of, of uh, pretense there. And, um, you know, commenso festival. I'm glad we know where each Civil other. Civil war it is then. Yes. At least exactly. we know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Appreciate the th- Thank you for the confirmation. Like I said, I, hey, I don't want one, but if you put it upon me, I will give it to you I I don't want one I've been trying to hold back people wearing my own Jersey at bay for the last few years but if the other side persists on prosecuting to the point that we get to a civil war by all means I will give you the fight you want I would just prefer that it not go to that place but if you are offering me no other alternative be careful what you wish for because we own the guns you don't exit question on a scale of one to ten, with one being the usefulness of congressional Republicans, and ten being the popularity of soon-to-be Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, rank this week's level of total depravity, Aaron or, or Shannon. You're already at a one, correct? I'm
3: mean at one. All right, Aaron.
1: Totally. I'm at a nine and a half. Todd. Yeah, ten. Okay. Issue two. Eleven days.
5: Joe Biden and Donald Trump sparred once again in the final presidential debate before the election. Would you close <laughs> down the oil industry? By the way, I would transition
2: from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I that's transition. a big statement. That's it is a big statement. That's a big statement. Because I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly.
4: Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But it's a big do statement. That.
2: I support private insurance. That's why I didn't not one single person with private insurance would lose their insurance under my plan, nor did they under Obamacare. The expectation is we'll have another two hundred thousand Americans dead between between now and the end of the year. If we just wore these masks, the President's own advisors have told him we could save a hundred thousand lives.
4: But why didn't he do it four years ago? Why didn't you do that? Four years ago, even less than that, why didn't you do I am You were the- vice president. You keep talking about all these things you're going to do and you're going to do this. But you were there just a short time ago and you guys did nothing. We did. You know, Joe, I, I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama, because you did a poor job. If I thought you did a good job, I would have never run. I would have never run. I ran because of you. I'm looking at you now. You're a politician. I ran because of you. See, it's all talk, no action with these politicians. Why didn't he get it done? That's what I'm going to do when I become president. You were vice president along with Obama as your president, your leader, for eight years. Why didn't you get it done? You had eight years to get it done. Now you're saying you're going to get it done because you're all talk and no action. Number one. Number two, I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. And your son gave you, they even have a statement that we have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? You were getting a lot of money from Russia. They were paying you a lot of money, and they probably still are. But now, with what came out today, it's even worse. All of the emails, the emails, the horrible emails of the kind of money that you were raking in, you and your family. And Joe, you were vice president when some of this was happening. And it should have never happened. And I think you owe an explanation to the American people. Why is it? Somebody just had a news conference a little while ago who was essentially supposed to work with you and your family. But what he said was damning. And regardless of me, I think you have to clean it up and talk to the American people. Maybe you can do it right now.
1: All right. First question.
4: So, you've heard a lot
1: about these record early voting numbers. This is updated since I sent it out this morning. Now they're estimating about 47 million Americans have voted early. That is a monster number. I agree. But, 138 million Americans voted, 138 million plus million Americans voted, try that again in English, 138 million plus Americans voted four years ago. So, even if we don't gain any voter turnout at all from 2016, roughly... Somewhere below 35% of the 2016 electorate has already voted, which means two-thirds of it has not. So with that in mind, how much do you think last night's
5: debate impacted the race? Aaron, I'll start with you this time. Go ahead. You know, it's always tough to say, but in terms of the ammunition that was provided for uh, the Trump side of things. Um, I, I, I believe last night could be impactful, and especially in states like Pennsylvania, yeah. the, the fracking thing. Yes, I'm going to phase out the oil industry. That that's just that's just going that. If they're doing their jobs, if they're worth their salt over on the Trump campaign, they will turn Donald Trump's or maybe Joe Biden's middle name into banning fracking, banning oil. Okay, if they're really worth their salt here, the final 10 plus days of this race. So it could be impactful in terms of the real time impactfulness. There's always going to be anecdotes uh, both both ways. I, I am I said this about the I said this about the vice president debate. Um, and I'll say the same thing as well. I agree with pr- approximately yeah less than 10% of the premises of the questions yesterday and yesterday evening. I- I- agreed with the premises on, on a very scant minority. And they were never challenged. They were never questioned. However, if you're not going to question them and not going to challenge them, I thought Trump did about as well as you could. And that's, again, that's with a handicap right there. You're not going to challenge the premise of these questions. Then you're already kind of digging yourself a hole. But I thought he did about as best as he possibly could have. And just not being insufferable on both sides. That was a huge plus. So I don't think either candidate really dug themselves at real time into a huge hole. But I I do tend to agree that 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 last uh, part of the debate about banning oil um that that could be a huge uh oh.
1: <sighs> Shannon, you go next.
3: So I I agree with what Aaron just said, and that was my sentiment. I, I think in terms of affecting anything, I think everyone got the outcome that they wanted, right? Our country is so dug in and so polarized right now that A Democrat watched that debate and Biden won. A Republican watched that debate and Trump won. There was nothing interesting about that debate, which is typically why I don't watch the debates. Uh, I can't take two grown men standing up in front of the country vying for the presidency with a straight face accepting the complete fallacy and the huge lie that there is a deadly global worldwide pandemic that needs to needs government mitigation and this is this is always this is always what the GOP does it's frustrating here is a golden opportunity for Donald Trump to be Donald Trump and to in, attack the entire narrative but at this point he is playing in Joe Biden's sandbox he's accepting the narrative he's accepting the premise of the argument he's accepting the big lie And that gives him, as Aaron rightly pointed out, a major handicap. I mean, every every American in this country, the number one thing on their mind is the fact that their kids can't go to school, their kids can't go to college, their entire lives are upside down, their finances are in jeopardy, they have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Everything that is coming at them is a lie at this point. They have no hope, nothing to look forward to. And all of that is because not COVID-19, but the lockdown. And that's happening at the hands of Republicans and Democrats. And as long as Republicans continue to ignore that great lie, they are going to continue to lose. Now, I don't necessarily think that Trump is going to lose, but I think the larger issue here is that, this this problem is much bigger than the presidency. And regardless of the outcome of this election, I think that we're in for another 18 to 24 months of absolute chaos. We need to figure out, we need to understand the scope of what's happening in this country and and find different ways to fight back because I, it's becoming clear to me that there aren't solutions or answers in the federal government. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Trump is the, the white uh, knight on a horse who's gonna fly in and save us all, but I'm just not seeing it.
0: I think
1: win or lose, no matter who wins on November the 3rd, to what you just said, I, I agree with you. We're in for another year or two of chaos, and here is why. Because you're going to see the states break down along ideological lines, regardless of who wins. If Biden wins, then you're going to see governors like Noam and DeSantis and our governor here, Iowa Reynolds, they're going to push the, they're going to push the marker even further. Yeah. And then I think they'll be joined by some other Republican governors that have, have been a little squishy right now because they don't want to make it look like they're, you know, going against a Republican president and his approach. But I, I think I think you, you'll see their ranks will swell. And if Trump wins, the, the panic in places um, like California, right. uh, where you live in New York. They'll quadruple, quintuple down. I mean, at, at this point, Gavin Newsom is begging Dis- the Disney company to take him to court. I, I mean, with what's going on between him and, and Disneyland right now. So I agree with you that there's going to be a massive fault line over this virus post-election, regardless of who wins. It's just a matter of whose finger is, is, is on, or who's got their thumb on the scale. I, I agree with you on that. Todd, what were your thoughts on the debate last night?
0: Well, if only most suburban women were like you, Shannon, but they're not. So while to you, I understand and appreciate why your frustration about them playing Trump playing in uh, Biden's sandbox. After that horse's ass debate last time, the simple fact of the matter is Trump had to deal with that. And so he did. It was he was just a human being. He was not hateable uh, last night. He did what he had to do now. He got Joe on the ropes several times, uh, but he couldn't clean his clock. I actually, it, it, there were places he was so close and I could taste it, but I was actually giving him credit for just like not because ter- because if he goes in all in, then he's just like, jugulars everywhere I and think then, you
1: need to learn with donald trump the the yeah. distinctions we want him to draw exactly. he's not capable exactly of. so and so you either we, have to want him to in, totally inject himself exactly. into a situation or play it passively i just don't think he's capable and, of the restraint and so we, want.
0: we had to err on that side and that's a win and i'm just going to say this out loud because talking with steve before the show and watching twitter last night and this morning because we have these conversations where depending on the day we wake up and what we're dealing with one of us is just like we can't see what's going on and the other two of us start talking like wow that's good thanks for that well last night i I heard all the same sound bites about uh energy and oil and, and global warming and it's at the end and joe was more vigorous in many respects i mean he he did not overall have a a terrible night, but in terms of that, I honestly I've heard the I blasted right past that. I'm thinking we're living in lockdown, mask, transgender land. We've bought so much crazy. Is America really going to be grown up enough to understand? I mean, it's it's absolutely one plus one equals two. That what Joe proposed on uh, oil and fossil fuels and is is nuts. But are there people to hear it? And it's it's still carrying weight. Yeah. And I'm 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 encouraged. All I'm saying is. I, I couldn't hear it because I'm just so used to the lies that people keep following. We really not only is Trump gonna win, but this country has a better shot than I thought if people can carry out this messaging for the next two weeks.
1: Because what you the ish, the issues you mentioned that it get drowned out are all moral and are all moral in nature. This one's materialist in nature. You're gonna tell every suburban mom they're gonna pay seven bucks a gallon when they go to the gas tank. You're going to tell every auto whatever's left of the auto industry in my former home state of Michigan. You're done. You're out. All those jobs gone. Your state toast. You're going to tell the you're going to tell Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, how much money has the Democratic Party invested in turning Texas blue? He blew all of that money last night. If you are a suburban congressional candidate in a state like Texas and Oklahoma and you were worried about your district with Trump's weakness with suburban moms like one of my best friends Chip Roy, you won your congressional race last night because that that is different I, I can the human mind can dispatch in our broken and fallen state we can we can we can practice cognitive dissonance where the moral or the morality is concerned but now you openly said I'm going to take food off of your table in a way that cannot be spun. Like he can say I'm going to repeal the Trump tax cuts, but then I'm not going to raise taxes on anybody over $400,000 a year. And if you want to believe that he's going to do both of those things, he gave you a rationale that you can okay, well, believe then... both those things are true. He did not give you any rationale last night. He stumbled right into this totally on his own complete gaffe. It happened at the end of the debate. I agree with you, Todd, that if the debate had ended 15 minutes earlier, he'd have gotten out of their last night without any real terrible damage done to him. And Trump let him off the hook on claiming that Obamacare didn't cost anybody their health insurance, which was yeah. the politifact lie of the year in 2013. Obama tried it too. All right. He did let him off the hook. I thought Trump performed well, but part of that was letting Biden off the hook. So they're not come across as a douchebag. But when Biden said, Hey, at the very end tonight, let me take out this banana, open it up, eat it. And then I'm going to put it right down on the ground and I'm going to shove it up my own tailpipe. You can see Trump's own reaction. Like Trump well, could like not yeah. even believe Biden did that, and he kept asking, Are you sure that's you, okay? That's a heck of a thing. He couldn't come up with anything to say. Then wow, you just don't want to win Pennsylvania, then I guess I, that was the worst gaffe by a presidential candidate in a presidential debate since Ford in '76 tried to claim Poland wasn't under communist control, and he just misspoke. And instead of admitting he misspoke, he kept doubling and tripling down and looked like a fool. That's what happened last night. And if it, that, I think it has the positive. It, it, it definitely is. is is a decisive mistake the only question is whether trump as a candidate and them as a campaign can be disciplined enough to just own that for the next but 11 days
0: that and but back to where i started with the uh, suburban housewives are they disciplined enough now to see that meat and potatoes issue and not be that
1: comes to a campaign has to has to make that point the candidate yeah. needs to make that point in his messaging hey you're a mom. You live in the suburbs. You want to pay eight dollars a gallon for the gas or for the for the for the fake fuel in your in your minivan to take your kids to soccer
0: practice. They have to make that. I point. agree. But they tomorrow have to we're going to be talking home. about the next Borat video. You know that. So well, that's you up to them. Fight through that too. That, that is up to them. And that, they haven't been great at no, it. No, they that's, have not.
1: That's your issue. This isn't. It's not a question that that's a terrible point for Biden. The question is whether yeah. the Trump campaign is capable of taking advantage of it. One word. Who would win if yeah. the election were today? Aaron. Trump. Shannon.
3: No clue.
1: Trump will come back. Issue three next. You know, we do so many cool things for our pets. Take them on walks, runs. We take them to groomers. We take them for drives and rides. Give them treats. Love on them. They also, though, need good nutrition because a lot of the food we buy for them these days at the store when it leaves the warehouse and arrives at the store it's dead as a doornail man sterilized so that it will last for a long time on the shelf that's the uh, same thing goes on with the human food that that we consume in in many cases that's why we have to take so many supplements these days because we're not uh, seeing a lot of the stuff we need in our food same thing goes with our pet thankfully though You've got Rough Grains Smart to help you with that because they're going to put the amino acids, the antibi- or the uh, prebiotics, probiotics, the omega oils, uh, the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, the stuff that's missing from your pet's food. They're going to put it right back in with a powder that you mix into the food your pet loves already and it's going to make them love it even more. At least that's the case with our dog Cap. He loves this stuff and it's good for him as well. And they want to make this as easy as possible for you to try. So they've got this thing called the Jumpstart Back. It's just $14.95. It'll last you for two weeks what do you got to lose for your pet for 15 bucks for two weeks see if you don't see a difference in your pet or not in two weeks or less with the rough greens jumpstart bag when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze and hey if it didn't work out it's just 15 bucks but if it did work out, now you know uh, that you've got something new and cool uh, that your pet really needs. At roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F for Roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, let's get to issue three. Biden, Barisma, what's this guy's name? I always forget it. How to pronounce it. Bobulinski. Bobulinski, yeah. Oh my, here it is.
5: First, there were last week's stories from the New York Post detailing how the son of Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, engaged in shady at best business dealings with Ukrainian and Chinese energy companies. Those stories detailed the curious timing of Hunter's start as an advisor at the Ukrainian energy firm Burisma and Joe Biden's pressuring of the Ukrainian government to fire a prosecutor who is planning to look into corruption at the company. Then there was the story about Hunter's pursuit of a business deal with the Chinese company CEFC valued at over $10 million. Those two stories stemmed from emails on a hard drive recovered and duplicated by a Delaware computer repair shop that ended up in the hands of Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani. After a weekend of Democrat deflections that the hard drive and emails are the result of a Russian disinformation campaign, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said this week there's no information saying that's the case. Let me be clear, the intelligence community doesn't believe that uh, because there's no
2: intelligence that supports that. And we have shared no intelligence with Chairman Schiff or any other member of
5: Congress that Hunter Biden's laptop is part of some Russian disinformation campaign. Then this week, another bombshell dropped. Former Navy lieutenant and Biden business partner Tony Bobolinsky came forward with evidence not only corroborating the email's authenticity, but adding his own personal testimony. Bobolinsky was President Trump's special guest at last night's debate and held a press conference prior to the event.
6: I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. I also heard that Vice President Biden said on Tuesday that Senator Ron Johnson, the chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, should be ashamed for suggesting, that Biden family sought to profit from their name. Well, here are the facts I know, and everything I'm saying is corroborated by emails, WhatsApp chats, agreements, documents, and other evidence. And the American people can judge for themselves. I brought, I guess, for record, three phones that spanned the years 2015 through 2018 these phones have never been held by anybody else besides myself. I've never been political. The few contributions I have made have been to Democrats. But what I am is a patriot and a veteran. In late 2015, I was approached by James Gillier, whom I had known for many years, about joining him in a deal which he said would involve the Chinese state-owned enterprise CEFC China Energy, and what he called one of the most prominent families in the United States. After months of discussion, I agreed at Gillian and Hunter Biden's request to become CEO of the entity to be called Sinohawk. Sino representing the Chinese side, Hawk representing Hunter Biden's brother, Bo's favorite animal. And between February and May 2017, we exchanged numerous emails, documents, and WhatsApp messages concerning Sinohawk and its potential business. On May 2, 2017, the night before Joe Biden was to appear at the Milken Conference, I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe, that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. After that meeting, I had numerous communications with Hunter, Walker, Gillier, and Jim Biden. Regarding the allocation of the equity ownership of Sinohawk. On May 13, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, and Jim for Jim Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy or my chairman. On numerous occasions, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be mentioned in writing, but only face to face. In fact, I was advised by Gillian and Walker that Hunter and Jim Biden were paranoid about keeping Joe Biden's involvement secret. I also had a disagreement with Hunter about the funds CFC was contributing to Sinohawk. Hunter wanted five million of those funds to go to himself and his family. So he wanted the funds wired directly to an entity affiliated with him. I objected because that was contrary to our written agreements concerning Sinohawk. He said referring to the chairman, his father, that CFC was really investing in the Biden family, that he held the Trump card and that he was the one putting his family legacy on the line. He also said to me on May 17th, 2017, that CFC wanted to be my partner, to be partner with the Bidens. During these negotiations I repeated to Hunter and others that Sinohawk could not be Hunter's personal piggy bank. And I demanded that proper corporate governance procedures be implemented for capital distributions. Hunter became very upset with me. CFC through two, through July 2017 was assuring me the funds would be transferred to Sinohawk, but they were never sent to our company. Instead, I found out from Senator Johnson's September report that the $5 million was sent in August 2017 to entities affiliated with Hunter. Tomorrow, I will be meeting with the Senate committee members concerning this matter and I will be providing to the FBI the devices which contain the evidence corroborating what I have said.
1: Update on this, by the way, the FBI has requested not just um, the materials that uh, that he is turning over, but uh, now uh, they want to have a sit down interview with him as well. I mean, to me, this guy is either the 21st century deep throat or um, a complete fraud crackpot, uh, has a Gary Hart level of a lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Follow me around. I'm not I don't have a mistress. And then we catch him with his mistress. I, I don't see any in between. I mean, what he's offering up. And you heard there was a pretty vehement de- denial from Joe Biden yesterday. So he's not offering in between. I mean, Joe Biden's not offering you some innocent explanation for all of this. So either, and again, how, how's the last name pronounced, Aaron? I always forget. Um, Bubalinsky. Bubalinsky. Either Mr. Bubalinsky is a fraud or he's a whistleblower. There is no in between here. So how much does all of this matter? And what do you think about it matters the most? Todd, I'll start with you.
0: Well, I was like i just got done talking about what should matter um, this should be the end of uh biden's candidacy and trump should win by a landslide uh because of this you you cannot have years worth of uh russian collusion uh election interference on behalf of hillary and uh uh obama impeachment over uh ukraine and ultimately, people should be looking at says, you know, if there's only one guy that needs to get impeached, it's 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 Joe Biden, and he and and the cravenness of using your own drug addicted son as the mule to make this all happen, while wrapping you know, family. It's the same. I, I love my sons. I, I'm a loyal Catholic. All of those kind of lies. I, man, this this guy should discuss, uh, Joe Biden should disgust most Americans.
1: What fascinates me about it is this was all going on, allegedly, while he's gearing up for a presidential run. Yeah. right. It's one thing if this is stuff that he got into 10, 15, 20 years ago, like a whitewater, and it gets brought up now, years later, now that you're in power, right? Uh, okay, but, I mean, he was doing this. This was going on just in the last couple of years while he's gearing up to run for the for the presidency.
0: And guilty of the, we talk about this all the time. He's guilty of the very things the left has accusing Trump. Has, people have said, been accusing Trump of using the whole right. world and the presidency right. to make money, right? Because he
1: already had billions of dollars. Y- so yes, needed a exactly. Few billion more right. The difference here is, is it, at the very least, Hunter Biden on his own was trying to profit off of being Joe Biden's son. On either that, either to me. That is the that's the floor of what happened here is that Hunter Biden is just a, a troubled man with a drug addiction and vices that spilled over into his private life and, uh, and and was just off on his own tangent using. And by the way, the Rob Walker he talks about, he's been a close associate with Jill Biden, Joe's wife, for many, many years. So w- the best case scenario here is that Hunter Biden was just off on his own doing this with everybody in the Biden family other than Joe and Jill Biden themselves and profiting off of his proximity to his former vice presidential dad. That to me is the best case scenario. I I don't see how you go any lower than that because we have the receipts. It's just a matter of how much is Joe Biden directly implicated in this.
0: Hunter does not strike me as somebody who was capable of pulling that off on his own.
1: I don't know, but you'd have to believe that. Yeah. To believe Joe Biden is totally innocent, in my view. Yes. Okay. What do you think, Shannon?
3: Um, I'll, I'll try not to sound cynical, and uh, on this, I have scandal fatigue in an epic proportion. I mean, I going back to, I'll just you know, Valerie Garrett, Fast and Furious, Benghazi, Eric Holder, the IRS scandal. Uh, Hillary server, uh, Bo Bergdahl, FISA, Carter Page, Russian collusion, Lisa Page, Peter, I mean, scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal. And I agree with what everyone's saying that we're dealing with really bad people who are very corrupt, who will use the taxpayers and the United States government to line their own pockets. And I will tell you, this is evident in both political parties. I mean, if you look at no one's talking about Anthony Fauci and all the patents that he holds on some of the vaccines with pharmaceutical companies who are making a fortune gazillions of dollars off of this COVID-19 fraud. Okay. So we're dealing with evil. How much corrupt- richer
1: Mitch McConnell and his wife Elaine Chow have gotten all the years yes. they've been in public life. Yeah, I hear you.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so my role with this crap is wake me up when there's an indictment or, or someone goes to jail. Can't that's blame how- you for that.
1: And, and by the way, that's where our show has been the last couple of years. The reason why I'm covering this more thoroughly is we have something here that we didn't have in all the other stories you just mentioned. A guy has come forward and said, I am the deep throat here. It's me. Yeah. And I'm putting my name on it, my legacy on it, my family name on it, my military service on it. You know, you didn't mention one scandal there. Swift Boat Veterans for Truth. You remember them? Yeah. That one worked. You know why it worked? Because those guys came forward and put their name on it and said, yeah. hey, we'll put we'll pit our credibility against John Kerry's.
3: I want. I want justice. I. I uh, but I always, agree with you.
1: Just di- di- the only thing that's different here is I keep forgetting how to pronounce his name. <laughs> is he's the he's the missing variable. He might be a total fraud. We don't know that, but that's something we didn't have in the other stories that you're talking about. But I share your frustration, Aaron. Quickly get the last word.
5: Yeah. I. I, I, I the more that I hear people come out and say. Uh, And this is a little bit different. Well, people don't care about this because uh, everybody they believe everybody is corrupt. It seems like that's being said more and more and more. And the more people say that and the more frequently they say that, the more I'm inclined to go against the grain and say that, you know, if this thing explodes, maybe people actually will. Maybe people actually will care about this one because of that factor that you just uh, that you just insinuated. But again, I'll repeat I'll repeat this. The biggest story here so far of this story is the story around the story, which is big tech censorship and what is what gets in and out of the Overton window. So far, that's been the biggest story. NPR coming out. And again, it's NPR, guys. Yes, I know. But NPR just saying, yeah, we're not going to cover this uh, because it's a waste of time and it's a pure distraction.
1: Exit question quickly. True or false. If Joe Biden loses the election, Hunter Biden will at least be one of the reasons why. True. Shannon. True.
5: True. Aaron Uh, true all right let's get to predictions Aaron you get to go first go I'm going against the grain on this one this is really really weird but uh, Rondale Moore Purdue's best player is ruled out tomorrow against uh, Iowa their opening opponent Uh, their head coach Jeff Brom is also out as well he calls the plays I don't know if you've noticed this Steve the betting markets have not changed at all Hmm. that's super weird
1: I think I know why. I've listened it, it, to a bunch of handicapping shows. They think your team is is done because of racial division and is, is is good is toast this season. That's their that's what
5: they think. And so I'm going against the grain here and I think uh I I I think uh, Purdue wins straight up tomorrow.
0: Right. Todd, we think I've got a, du- a double down on last week and now that the uh polls are tightening, Trump has uh, some Uh, momentum. And I I thought Trump won on points on the opening round of discussion on coronavirus last night. Fauci is going to quit and he is going to be yet another October surprise and he'll have some secret scandal about Trump and coronavirus. All right, Shannon, go.
3: I think that regardless of who wins on November 3rd, that we are fixing to see another Lockdown 2.0 for some reason. I don't know if it'll be because of the pandemic, but I think that they they would like to see the country locked down again. And I think they're going to try to.
1: You'll be locked down. If Trump wins, there will be no form of any kind of a national lockdown. I mean, we could have people dying of coronavirus airborne in the streets. That's not happening. Your state will lock down, though. Yeah, you're, yours you're gonna as
3: well. You're going to fly in and, uh, and, and smuggle me out, okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm depending yeah. on you boys. <laughs>
1: I mean, your, your governor's going to look at like a 99.9% cure rate and say that's exactly why we need to keep locked down. Uh, that's that's what's going to happen in your state. I agree with that. All right. Yeah. I think after this election, the Senate is going to be 50-50.
4: Yeah.
1: That's what I think. I think a 50-50 Senate going into next year after this election. Can't own those so
0: things. Fair. Yeah, do you Shannon think?
1: Ernst, not, did, I know, I know, I, I knew Shannon would like that. Is one. Ernst going to win or lose? If Trump wins here, she's going to win. Yeah. Well, if Trump Congrats wins here by asshole. more than three points, she's going to win. Yeah, Shannon, good to see you as always. Take care.
3: Good to see you guys. Thank you.
1: You bet. Feedback Friday is next for hour number two. Stay tuned. back with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with aaron mcintyre todd erzin and all of you steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program to let us know what you think about what we think that's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also follow us over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace will be responding back to some of the feedback that you guys have been sending us via the SteveDace.com inbox here on a Feedback Friday in a moment. I got an interesting note last night uh, from somebody who doesn't who disagreed with me that Biden's comments about essentially ending America's oil industry, it's not a big thing. Energy and Petro is only the number one industry in America. The number one industry in America. More wars in this world are fought over oil than religion at this point. But you're right. Ain't no thing, what Joe Biden said last night. And one of the rationales that he gave me was, Well, you know, in five or ten years, hybrids will be the dominant vehicle that everybody drives. Now, first of all, I don't believe that. I've been told that people act like electric cars and stuff are new. We were talking about this stuff when we were kids. And the same people claiming that hybrids and everything are going to replace fossil fuel vehicles are the same people that have been telling you since 1977 that soccer is the fastest growing sport in America. It's been the fastest growing sport in America my entire life. All right?
0: Just have to drag soccer into this. It's the same people. Is it not the same people? Okay. Dude, you tell
1: me. Is no, it not mostly it is, the same people? It, Am I more same, likely to just, see a Prius have, just, at one of your soccer games
0: or at Camp just, Randall for a college? Last, well, actually, I, no, I your school a little hurt pretty hurt. The last hard. time we talked you know about what I'm soccer, you made some headway, and okay. it's clearly okay. off or not now. Has
1: it not been true that all of our lives it's been the fastest growing sport in America? All of our lives. Gotcha. Right. But even if that is true this time, this time let's say that hybrids do take over. In five or ten years. Why is that relevant in 2020? Is this the 2030 election? It is not. Is it the 2028 election? It is not. W- what year is it? 20. So, are most people driving hybrids right now? No. No. So, why is that even a relevant point?
0: I'm not a... It, it's not. You drew it. I don't know. Yeah, it's... it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: Yeah, I know. You've got an IQ above 12. I know. Yeah, so it's just not a relevant point. So hopefully the feedback we get into later here in a minute is going to be better than that. (laughs) All right, or this is going to be a real short trip. Uh, Top of the hour breaks, you know what that means? Had my lunchtime built bar. I'm hearing from a ton of you now that are taking me up on this. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. It is the best protein bar you've ever had. 18 different flavors, all of them covered in chocolate. Real chocolate, by the way. All right. And uh, three net carbs on average per bar, uh, three grams or less of sugar on average per bar, uh, up to 20 grams of protein on average per bar and some phenomenal flavors. You, You just I've never had one that's bad. They're all really good. And here's the other thing, too. They're easy on the tummy. That's a big thing. Can you get both of them? Because I can find other really good tasting protein bars that are not easy on the tummy, or they're easy on the tummy because they taste like crap. This is the best of both worlds. That's why you want to use the promo code. Is it Dace now? Is it Dace? The it promo be code? okay. Yep. All right, the promo code is Dace. I guess. <laughs> so if that doesn't work, try Steve. All right, promo code Dace D E A C E. Get twenty percent off your first order at Built B U I L T. BuiltBar.com, builtbar.com, promo code DACE to get 20% off your first order. All right, let's get to some feedback Friday. And I actually want to begin with a couple of notes that I have gotten just uh, recently. Um, Kelly points out that Jake Tapper was in the clip you guys played during the show. Jake Tapper was criticizing Dr. Scott Atlas, a neuroradiologist. while he sits and takes comments yeah. from Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who himself is not an immunologist, yep. but a neurosurgeon and not an infectious disease doctor. Is that a is that a problem, guys, do you think, or is that something that just doesn't need to be mentioned, do you think? Or
5: are we racist for mentioning it? It's unfalsifiability fallacy when you need it. Appeal to authority until it blows up in your face. And then we cut to a nice little kicker with some cute animals when when we can't distract you with fallacies.
1: (sighs) I'm going to leave your name out of this email, brother, because I think it's for your own good. And once I read it, I think all the men here on our set are going to agree with me. All right. I'm married to a caring woman who does not like my facts, don't care about your feelings approach to politics. I'm also a radiologist, so I was dismayed but not shocked when she discounted even listening to Dr. Scott Atlas because, quote, she told me he's just a radiologist. I'm like Steve Carell in the office right Uh now.
0: A little icy at home. Yes. Fire up the uh,
1: Mark Chestnut. Too cold at home. Yikes. Now can you see why I decided to leave yeah. his name out of it? I do. I think he's got other challenges presenting themselves without making some of those obstacles a uh, a little bit more difficult. Thoughts? What is the
0: what is the wife's level of expertise? To know that yeah, how would you know yeah. whether
5: yes.
1: to, to trust Scott Atlas or not yes you know
5: we, we can't the, think abstractly like that it's
1: not allowed well because the answer is does he say what I want yeah. somebody to hear or what I want to hear if that's the case then they're an expert
0: is his wife's name Karen
1: I, uh, we're gonna move on now I'm getting uncomfortable <laughs> all right um this email from Nadine ain't going to make things uh, chippier. Generally speaking, Nadine writes, married suburban women have never had to support themselves for any appreciable length of time. Many married suburban women do not realize or appreciate that they have the luxury of going through life knowing that they are with someone who can mostly pay for everything, make the difficult decisions, bear the consequences thereof, carry at least part of the load at home and come up with a solution of a problem that arises they live sheltered lives and have a safety net in the form of a man when it comes to important decisions life has never forced married suburban women to learn to set their emotions aside and make decisions based strictly on reality facts reason like i trained myself to do many years ago life looks and feels very different when you don't have a safety net Far too often, married suburban women downplay their husband's contributions to the marriage, overvalue their own contribution to the marriage, and take for granted just how difficult it is to earn a sizable income, let alone while debt and the needs of others hang over your head, and make a correct decision between two tough choices. To be brutally honest, if a woman stops doing her duties at home, life as the family knows it becomes miserable. But if the man stops doing his, his duties, life as the family knows it ceases altogether. Many married suburban women give only lip service to this salient fact. Many married suburban women therefore have a false sense of security when it comes to the future and virtually no appreciation for just how much is at stake and how much quickly their lifestyle could disappear be it from divorce, job loss, or fundamental changes in the country. They know these things happen to people, but they are convinced it won't ever happen to them. Essentially, when it comes to income, responsibility, and decision-making, many married suburban women have the luxury of living like a 17-year-old, so we shouldn't be surprised when they vote like one. Based on personality, some factor that has no significance in the grand scheme of things, or not vote at all because they don't like their choices.
0: I like Nadine. That is from Nadine.
1: I... I'm not endorsing this message. I'm simply sharing it. And you may do with it
0: I'll as it. you please. And she's she's absolutely onto something. She's ta- very much this is a cousin of uh the bo- the people who were most passionate of advocating for a lockdown professionally were the ones who really had we're not going to get laid off. Mm-hmm. The least likely to because be because they could work from home yeah. and things of that nature. Yeah, well, right? as a father of four daughters, <laughs> like a
1: guy's working. If you're if you're a warehouse worker making fifteen, eighteen, twenty dollars an hour, you're making a good living. Yeah. But those weren't the people demanding. Hey, keep. Hey, we're right. a non-essential business here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But as a father of four daughters, yeah, got pretty good girls. But there's a, the, one of the common dad things that is said when they need to be brought back is stop being a drama queen like no you that's passion belief guts all that good stuff but the minute that level of passion is out of proportion to the issue at hand we're, we're just dealing with you know, really bad dinner theater it's just drama and it's this is a, i think what nadine is speaking to you have a lot of uh, women who quite simply their entire lives is some some version of drama queen. Why does it keep going? Why does it only get worse? As she said, there's just never any consequences.
1: So in my neighborhood, now I've lived in the same suburb for 14 years. I'm married to a suburban woman. It's funny when we have our conversations, she always takes the guy side and I always take the the women's side because we both think our genders... Uh, Get way too much benefit of the doubt. <laughs> so, um, she doesn't, Amy doesn't give a lot of quarter. She would sound a lot like a Nadine, okay, uh, in, in terms of her view of this. But in my neighborhood, so we're going to Disney next month, and that's going to be a lot of walking. And even though I'm a workout guy, walking on that pavement is nothing like running on a treadmill or an elliptical. It's just totally different wear and tear in your body, you know? So for the last several months now to get ready for that trip and five to 10 miles a day of walking on that Disney World asphalt, I've been trying to do like really long walks outside once a week just to get my body used to it, you know? So I've, I've actually seen a lot more of my neighborhood uh, in the last few months than I have in in the whole time I've been living there. And one of the nicer homes in my neighborhood A new couple has moved in there and they're a younger couple and they have adorable little girls and they're always out playing. The little girls are, they're absolutely adorable. And the mom is a stay at home mom, you know? And um, I see the dad when when I'm out walking, he goes to work, comes home and the weather's nice. He's always out doing yard work or something in the garage after working all day, right? Kind of what Nadine's talking about. This, I mean, they look when you're walking around a neighborhood. I mean, they it, it, they look like the quintessential American traditional values family. Okay, so my last time going around the neighborhood on my walk, in their yard, I see a sign, and the sign says, "In this home, we believe in science. <coughs> love is love, and I mean like blah blah blah, like every left wing cliche." whose goal is to deconstruct and end their way of life. You know, the nuclear family, married, you know, at home with kids. Um, and, and the disconnect between what they put, the sign they put in their yard, and then the way that they live their lives is a massive disconnect. Massive, massive and I'm not talking about we all have vices. We all have, we've talked about this on our show many times. We all have red light districts in our lives, and our minds. I do, you do, we all do. We're all human, okay? We all have vices. We all have aspects about our thought lives and things of that nature that we would prefer other people not know about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking like about a a, a cranial split. Like it would be like if you came to my house and... Out in the front yard was like an altar to sacrifice animals to, to Dormammu. I mean, adorable family, adorable little girls, quintessential, you know, two, you know, uh, two parent married home and the mom's home all day and the dad goes to work. But yet in this yard is a sign that proclaims a value system that is anathema to every way they actually live their lives If they didn't make and they live in a nicer home than I'm living in in that neighborhood, okay if they Didn't make that kind of money Would they be afforded? that level of cognitive dissonance if dad made nine bucks an hour instead and they were renting a duplex downtown. See where I'm going with this? I do. And mom had to work part-time with little girls put them in a daycare and then you know go work at, you know the the well, checkout counter at, at, the, at the aldi's down this the street is getting to
5: the heart of something todd repeated yeah. over yep. and would, over would that year.
1: would this would that sign be in their yard it still might be but the odds of it would be a lot lower because they frankly don't have the discretionary income to even be entertained probably by politics at all i would imagine let alone something that stupid
0: I t- well, I want to see, because he- I was going to chime in and say what I think Aaron is about to say and re-rack what I said.
5: Well, I, I think it was earlier this year, but I know for sure last year, an often repeated phrase is that something has to happen. Something has to happen to this country to shake people up and get their attention. Um, but that's very difficult to happen because of our large s. Yep. That's very difficult because of our large s and the amount of just just. just Money and really uh, just compared to the rest of the world and compared to human, ha- uh, human history, palatial living that we are able to afford, even, even, if our, even at, at our lowest standards of living, getting people's attention and really making people think through, honestly, first things is very difficult to do because we have the luxury of what you just described. Many of mm-hmm. us still do. And so we don't have, we're not forced to think through things and be mm-hmm. honest with ourselves. So we, I think that's kind of the gist of what. We're
0: it absolutely, is. and it's easy uh, easier for a camel to get through an eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven along those lines. Yeah. We are a more educated and more wealthy society, pound for pound, per capita, than at any time in human history. We have no excuses. And yet we believe and several yet, things that are just yeah. fundamentally yes. not
1: true. We, we're way self-evidently too, not true.
0: We're way too comfortable. And yeah. there's an attitude. you just talked about it, Steve. You're not taking for granted this trip. You need, you need, you, you need to put in the pain now. Yeah. To not, but we I don't, don't
1: want to be the, I don't, don't want to, be the slightly overweight dad that tells my kids at 11 a.m. So no, we got to take a break because daddy's That's feet are I killing think. them. Participation
0: yeah. ribbons, all that yeah. crap. We, we, we are so soft right now. And if you're that soft in mind, body, and soul, you get what you just talked out in that family. And you get what Nadine is talking about.
1: Cy writes, I feel like if we can discredit Dr. Scott Atlas advising on COVID uh, because he's a neuroradiologist, then why can't we discredit Bill Nye for advising on yes. climate change as climate a mechanical engineer?
0: Yes. Look at and the cult around that guy.
1: Cult is a good word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All of this is a cult.
1: Yeah. I, in the words of Captain America, we we, we can do this all
5: day. Yes. With this level of tomfoolery. Yeah. I want to circle back to something if, if we can really, really sure. fast because you, that email that you just read is similar to, to something that we brought up at the very top of this hour, which is people people really don't care about being intellectually honest. So why can Sanjay Gupta say something, why can Bill Nye say something even though it's not the actual area of expertise that they're talking about that they actually possess, you know? Mm-hmm. Why why can't we do? it's because people want to be told whatever affirms whatever yes. they want to yep. want want to believe. So then we're getting we're really striking again at the heart of this, which is what is the psychology that's driving that? And it's what we just talked about in in the, with the previous letter which is people um, in mass in this country are so privileged and that word is bastardized now, but are privileged to the point where where they really don't have to be honest. And that's, I don't know what's going to, what it's going to take to break through that. This is from
1: Candace. She says, I'm a registered independent, but I'm very conservative. I honestly was not going to vote in this election. If I were, it would be Trump. But then your curious case of the suburban woman show came on and it got me to thinking, why didn't I want to vote? Well, here's my thought. The reason for voting for Trump will be a pseudo stopgap for the open Marxist revolution. But he is the president now and he can't. He actually is the president and the revolution is actually being televised. They are burning down cities. Poor ACB is fighting for herself. Her children were criticized for being her children. Masks are the new fashion statement. I've even gotten a fair share of compliments about my own mask. We have Trump supporters being shot by... Uh, by Harrisistas. And I'm And all I'm thinking is they aren't going to stop if he's president again. It might even get cranked to 11. They will still want lockdowns and masks, trannies, patriarchy, statues, all are evil, all of it. You can't talk to people about the virus because medicine is your god now. And do you want mommy dead? It's all so vile and yet here we are. How is it going to be different if he's in office for another four years? Harris has no business being president. I'd say Biden, but come on. Even if he had stopped Portland openly, not just talked about it but he didn't even do that or kenosha uh he should have trump tramp stamped his he should have trump tramp stamped his way through there and went home he just won't stop it i live a charmed life not without struggles But I cried in a grocery store because they didn't have my brand of toilet paper, not because it was my only grocery store and I can't buy my baby's food. So who helped her? Who stood up for her? What about the man who was killed for wanting to protect his business? I just want more obnoxious, not less. Maybe it's harder because the White House, because politics in the White House are filled with greed. I don't know. How would you
0: respond to Candace? I'm not sure. I would think... I would just, okay, I respect uh, your passion on this. And a lot of people are just going to have to go your own way as long as you're comfortable with others doing the same. Yeah. I mean, she's, th- there's a lot of moving parts to that thing. If there was just one thing, I'd try to address it. But I don't, make sure you can sleep well at night. That's it. On,
1: on Sunday, I'm going to have a post on my Facebook page about. A piece that uh, John Piper, who's retired now, the mm-hmm. renowned yeah. evangelical pastor, uh, put out uh, on his website about voting for, he didn't say it by name, but he's talking about voting for Donald Trump. And part of what I'm going to put on my Facebook page in response to it um, is that there is a legitimate reason for believers not to vote for Donald Trump. It just has nothing to do with what John Piper put in his piece. Hmm. I mean, you can be offended at at Donald Trump's boastfulness. I'm offended of it. I I mean, I I have to mute the TV like he did last night when he's talking, comparing himself to Lincoln and stuff like that. It's just, it's grating. But that speaks to Donald Trump's individual sinfulness, right? The boastfulness of a politician or an athlete doesn't, doesn't, doesn't cut to the core or the heart of a culture. State sanctioned murder does. Agreed? Right. Yeah, state sanctioned murder would be a, a societal sin. And for John Piper John Piper in his piece to try to draw a correlation That's... between the boastfulness of Trump and the pro baby murder of Biden Yikes. and say that those things from a societal standpoint. Again, he's he's we're not talking about whether do 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 false boasters that are unrepentant go to hell. Yeah. Do murderers who are unrepentant go to hell? Yeah, yeah. That's a separate question from voting for a political candidate. See what I'm saying? Yes. That's a separate question. And the idea that, from a societal standpoint, they're on some kind of—he drew some kind of moral equivalency. As, as somebody who's been incredibly blessed by Mr. Piper and have, have and years of his podcasts I've listened to, I know he's a lot smarter than that. That's just another guy that is a loud orange man bad to just make him sound silly. It's a silly argument. He never once raises Trump's record one time. I would have agreed with what Piper said four years ago because we didn't have a record, but now we have a record. Today, Sudan. One of the most favorable to Muslim extremist countries in Africa. Peace accord with Israel. Does that matter at least a little bit? It does. does see, you can get to the conclusion... That Trump's accomplishments do not outweigh his character concerns. I'm okay with that. But you cannot address his character concerns minus his accomplishments either. Because that's part of the character of Donald Trump. Because he was elected to do the job of president. Everyone you would elect has character issues. Every single one. John McCain was an adulterer and a slanderer. Did 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 John Piper feel compelled to write a piece for desiringgod.com about the the problems of voting for John McCain? I don't recall that, do you? I would guess that according to John Piper, Mitt Romney agrees with a theology that he would consider heterodoxical. Did John Piper make a point of writing about that? By the way, the guy's a serial liar. Romney lies about everything. Did John Piper decide that he really needed to address the character of the evangelical movement for voting for Mitt Romney? I don't recall that. So what's so unique about Donald Trump's sins that it does bring that? I I get that four years ago, but now he's been president. He has a record. So it's not about, did you elect the most sinless person? It's about, is that person's character flaws, weaknesses, does it get in the way of the job you hired them to do? If I hire someone who's a liar and a thief, I don't want. Should I be surprised when the till of the cash register I put them in charge of is emptier than no. it should be? No. But if that person is a smoker or a drinker, um, or um, uh, 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 he's, he has too many speeding tickets, does that necessarily tell me he'll be bad running the checkout lane at my at my oil change uh, place? No. No. It's about whether your character flaws get in the way of the job you're doing or not. And when you don't have a record for Donald Trump, it could get a, it, it, I thought it absolutely got in the way. Well, now we have a record, so we have to we've got to reconcile those things. And Piper never does that. Now, what Candace is doing is a version of what I do think is the case for us to not vote for Trump. And that is if you look at his record and it's just not good enough. Well that I'm not gonna argue with you. You know why? My name's not Donald Trump. My argument, my job's not to convince you that Trump's record is good enough. Whose job do you think it is to convince her to do that? Donald Trump. Donald Trump's. And I know several people who just don't think his record is good enough to justify voting for him because of his character concerns. I won't argue with any of them. Because at least they're looking at it in a way that I think is intellectually sound and defensible, even if they come to a different conclusion. I don't agree with infant baptism. But I've studied the arguments for for it. I know why people do believe it. I think there's some valid reasons why that tradition began. I don't agree with it. But I'm not like, you know, I, I respect why you have that opinion. I can see why you would. Similarly, I can see why Candace has this take. I mean, I, we said some of these things earlier this year. You can't make the argument, hey, if you vote for Joe, we're going to have riots when the riots are going on right now. Right? Didn't I say that? Mm-hmm. Send the damn Marines in right now. Send him in. So at least at least Candace, I think, is is working the right side of the equation. Because you do have to consider his record. But if you're going around and assessing the moral calculus of voting for Donald Trump, and you don't actually consider the fact the guy held the job for four years, what did he do with it? You're not actually doing the calculus. You have a predetermined outcome that you want to justify, and you're going with it. And you're not any different than, than the people that are Orange Man Bad or Cheeto Jesus Saves. You're the same. You started with a predetermined answer and got to the answer that you were always going to determine. What Candace articulates here is she's struggling with, through this. Because she would like the math in her own mind to be different. But it's not. And so she's not sure what to do that indicates your conscience is actually at work, right? Yeah. That it's it's trying to navigate a murky process. But if you do what John Piper did, I'm just going to write a piece and never actually consider that Donald Trump might be the reason, that might be, or at least one of the reasons, that John Piper still gets to write silly stuff like this for DesiringGod.com because if the other people had won, he'd probably be hauled into a court for 35 of his sermons by now. At, at, at what point does the guy's record matter? If you want to... I think it matters from the very beginning now that he has one. Now, if you want to argue with me the record's not good enough. Okay. that I didn't, It's his job to defend his record, not mine. And that's what Candace is doing. So, Candace, congratulations. This week, at least, I think you're smarter than John Piper. You guys have any thoughts?
0: That's a pretty good week.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah. It is... Um, I, as Todd was saying before, can you sleep at night with the ramifications of whatever decision that you make? Were you checking your motivations for making that decision all the way around, uh, in in proportion to whatever that decision is, whether it's voting or, or any other, uh, decision in your life like that, leave room for conscience, uh, Candace was her name that, that uh, emailed? Yes. Yeah. Sounds like she's doing that, because she's just looking, she's just doing the math in her head. Something I did appreciate, other than kind of the boneheaded logic of of John Piper, is that he he made it pretty clear in that piece that there's a lot of room for, for grace. Um, now, m- making the argument or uh, phony baloney argument that he did make, it, it was still still mind-boggling that he would make that, but He actually did leave room open for grace, as if uh, you're not violating, uh, you're not being sinful for voting a certain way. All too often, people who write the same things in the middle of that that blog post that Piper did, uh, they usually don't contain any grace whatsoever. You're a terrible person for doing the opposite of what I'm doing this time around. So your conscience, can you sleep at night? And do you have a lot of grace in your heart for people who go a different direction? That's what I would say.
1: Well said. We'll come back with more Feedback Friday here in a moment on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned. So trying to sell your home or buy a new one at any point in time can be a challenging, stressful experience. You want to make sure you've always got a reliable real estate agent. If you're going to take the plunge, especially if you're going to try to do both at once as I've tried to do before. Um, thankfully, I had one of those agents, uh, but uh, they're not easy to find. Uh, they don't just put on their website, hey, uh, you you can't trust me. Hey, I'm really lazy. They don't just say that out loud. So where would you go for finding out agents that have been fully vetted, especially in these get ready, Todd, unprecedented times? Uh, So here's where you need to go. The website kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where you can go to find a real estate agent that you can trust. Now, how do you know you can trust them? Because their track record has been fully vetted uh, for proven success, otherwise they wouldn't be listed on this referral website. Pretty much anywhere in the country, we think we can find you an agent. There might be some places or some remote outposts you'd want to go that we can't, but uh, it's a good place to at least get started if you want to find an agent that's all in working for you, because that's the right relationship. They work for you at RealEstateAgentsITrust.com. Again, over at RealEstateAgentsITrust.com. Uh, let's get let's let's get back. To Feedback Friday. Recently, on a Feedback Friday, a person emailed a person's email you read mentioned the desire to have unbiased partisan news media. In light of this, I wanted to both bring up my perspective and predicament as a public educator who teaches government and the Constitution, along with other social studies subjects. I'm most certainly a follower of Christ and a conservative, but as a public educator who specializes in teaching subjects associated with politics, I feel a pressure from educational authorities to be unbiased, especially as a conservative. This means I often have to bite my lip on issues that violate my biblical worldview, such as abortion. I obviously want to speak up to condemn such an evil act, but I know there will be ramifications for doing so. Outside of possibly causing a school community controversy or being reprimanded or worse, suspended or fired for condemning a progressive belief outright, I also believe that I lose a certain aspect of respect for my students by no longer being bipartisan in my teaching. I always tell them that I try to teach them how to think and not what to think when it comes to such things. But sometimes I feel the need to also reflect godly and biblical truths in instruction and discussion with the students. So my question for you is this. Which would you believe is more important for me as a public educator to be bipartisan and unbiased in my instruction or to be more and more reflective of a biblical worldview in my instruction on such matters? Um, That is from Jared. I want to begin by answering your question with a history lesson, Jared. Arguably the most famous trial trial, Pre-World War II 20th century in America was the Scopes Monkey trial. Chances are they made you read the play about it inherit the wind when you were in school. Um it was a famous showdown. The the the, the cynical newspaper reporter is actually is is in, in the story is representative of H. L. Mencken. The uh, the fundamentalist uh, debater is um, Williams Jennings Bryan. And the clever prosecutor, which I think Spencer Tracy plays him in the movie version, is the great University of Michigan trial lawyer Clarence Darrow from Real Life. Do you know the origin of that trial, where it came from, why it was ever brought to head? Because these, it, the, the teacher scope, who so I believe was a substitute teacher, if I remember right, I, I think he was a substitute teacher. And he and the ACLU purposefully set out to defy, I think it was a Tennessee law, in order to create this event. They were willing to defy the law, I believe, in Tennessee against teaching evolution. They were willing to defy it in the classroom in order to cause him to be fired, charged, in order to bring up the issue on a national stage. I mean, how do you get arguably the most renowned trial attorney of the early 20th century on such a case in a place that he would have considered some remote hick redneck outfit. Because this, they plotted this. They, they wanted this event. They were game planning for it. Where are the people on our side that do this? Where are the people on our side that say, I'm going to go up against the fundamentalist statist dogma as they went up against the fundamentalist religious dogma in the Scopes case? Where are the people that say, Well, I'm going to go up against the leftist fundamentalist statist dogma on purpose? I'm going to get together with people at like Alliance Defending Freedom or Liberty Institute. I'm going to talk to the people over there, Mike at ADF, Kelly. Uh, or or Hiram over at uh, Liberty Institute or Matt Staver over at at Liberty Council and let him give him the heads up, I'm going to do this. Now, we have done this before. Ten years ago, a group of pastors around the country got together on what was called Liberty Sunday with the groups that I just told you about. And they did this with the purposeful intent of violating the Johnson Amendment which is a regulation, not a law, about what you can and cannot preach politically in a pulpit and still be a nonprofit. They openly defied the Johnson Amendment, recorded their sermons, and then sent them into the Obama administration, daring them to come after them. Because they wanted to be taken to court because they thought it was pretty likely they were going to win and, 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 and force the Johnson Amendment to the trash heap. Guess how many of them the Obama administration took to court? None. The Obama administration took none of them to court because they were also afraid they would lose. So we have done things like this in the past. That was also 10 years ago, though. So who's the who's the Christian scopes for this era who says, yeah, I don't really want to t- teach your junk science, so I've got ADF lined up to defend me. And I'm going in. Bring it on.
5: Who does that? Do you know anybody doing that? You want a really depressing... Sorry, my microphone. You want a really depressing answer in a different arena? Sure. His name is David Delighton and he's still in court.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, as to your question, I think you've answered your own question, Jared. Because if you thought... That the way these things were being presented to your students in a bipartisan way was truly bipartisan, I don't know why you would email and ask me. Meaning that you were, you were truly given the freedom to represent every view. Growing up in West Michigan, going to the public schools in Grand Rapids, we were taught... The that there was the Darwinian view, which was the accepted scientific view. There was the traditional view of creationism. And then within creationism, there were different debates within that. We were taught all of those things objectively. Um, but that was also 25, 30 years ago. Meaning that if if you thought you were given freedom to fully Because I would largely agree with you. I'm fine. Just let the line out of its cage. It'll lend itself just fine. I'm totally okay with an open hearing, your view versus mine. I love Mount Carmel events. That's why I used to love going on MSNBC and stuff all those times. I love that stuff. But if that's what was going on, then would there be a need to even ask me this? No. Because I'm thinking, um, to quote the great prophets over at the movie The Princess Bride, when you use the word bipartisan, I'm thinking that word doesn't mean what you think it means. You know what I'm saying? I think, it, I think it's bipartisan, to quote another famous movie, from a certain point of view. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think if you were able to fully and objectively allow the various events, or I'm sorry, the various um, uh, philosophies to have an equal hearing and a vetting and let your students decide for themselves there'd be no need to send me this exactly. st- email you, you wouldn't be wrestling with this at all so I think a bipartisan is um, you keep your mouth shut yeah. say what we want you to say and treat people with Christ likeness while never actually mentioning or addressing Christ himself and in other words be nice and harmless and we'll call that bipartisan now, maybe I'm reading too much into no, this, Jared. No, 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 no. But that's my assumption based on your note. Because if this was truly an open hearing, I don't know why you'd have a need to ask me my thoughts on it. I would be like, dude, I'd like to come to your class yeah. and I'll just sit and listen, sit in the back and listen to the exchanges. Finally we got a place in America where this is actually going on. Because it doesn't go on in almost any of our newsrooms, doesn't go on in almost any of oh, our boardrooms. So I'm thinking that's not what's happening because you felt the need to ask me if this was. What my thoughts on it were?
0: Yeah, I mean we're we're so far beyond this question. I mean, look, NPR just said we're not covering this because uh, four legs uh, good, uh, two legs bad. Um, you look, mean
1: the the Biden corruption? Yeah, story. Jeffrey yeah.
0: Tubin is being excused by the media. The media for a while now has been setting. We're our job isn't to cover both sides because one side is just dumb. They've been saying this out loud for quite a while. You know, Socratic dialogue goes all the way back. But if you, even you, just trying to engage that right now, well, let's look at the other side. Even your own students are so brazen these days. Well, gosh, you want to consider that? You must be a racist. Earlier on the show, we just heard why, why do you hate Amy Coney Barrett because she's a Christian? I mean, th- you there's you can't you're not allowed to have the argument. If you try to overtly talk about Christianity, you're a bigot. If you don't try but just want to beg the question. You're a bigot because you're a Christian. You get it. To, you end up in the same place no matter what.
1: See, we we have this idea that you can bring people to Christ without a conflict. Christ came to us through conflict.
0: You know that's my favorite line from the movie Luther. I've told you. Did you not think gonna yes. Be a cost. The
1: idea that there's a that there's a there's a way to do this that doesn't cause hostility. They murdered little boys. The world murdered little boys trying to take Christ out as an infant. As an adult, they beat him beyond recognition and then hung him on a tree through nails in his hands and his feet to asphyxiate in the daylight slowly and painfully as possible. The idea that there's no conflict inherent in this meaning that we can just give people Christ likeness but we don't ever actually have to invoke the name or the teachings directly thereof and that they'll just kind of get it no they'll thank you for your niceness and then just go and appreciate it and just go about their own way it doesn't work like that I mean I don't know about everybody else who's ever become a Christian you don't feel any conflict I feel quite a bit of conflict about letting go of my life. I feel quite a bit of conflict about it right now. And I've been at it for 17 years. I still have parts of my life I don't want to let go of. What's the name Israel mean? One who wrestles with God. What is wrestling? What does that mean? They are holding footprints in the sand like that meme. Or that poem or calendar when we were kids. Remember that? Is that what it means?
0: No, it's Jacob wrestling the angel. Yes. Like a confrontation. Whose control?
1: Whose will will have its way? What you described, Jared, isn't bipartisan. It's a jizya. Except you've got a better deal than the Christians in Cappadocia were offered by the pagans. Instead of them saying, you pay us, they're paying you. They'll pay you to keep your silence. And no, I would not support using the classroom in that setting as a place for your dogma any more than anybody else's. But if you were truly able and willing to have a free flowing exchange of ideas, I don't think it would be necessary to send me that email. Your email would have read, hey, let me tell you about how you guys are always dogging the government schools. Let me tell you what we got going on in my district, what we permitted. We're just having this stuff right out in the open. The Christian kids and the atheist kids just have debates and then they go to recess or lunch or whatever grade you're teaching and move on. Don't you think that's the note I'd be given? Would I be given a note of, you know, I'm wondering if, you know, I'm biting my upper lip. I'm, you know, I'm white knuckling this. I'm struggling with it. I don't know. Like when I got off the air all those times on MSNBC, did I ever come to you and say, boy, you know, I'm really struggling about whether I had a chance to say what I wanted to say? No, no. No. Because if they gave me the platform, guess what I was going to do? Say what I wanted to say. (laughs) Don't give me the platform if you don't want to hear it. And if you don't like what I said, it's your fault for giving it to me. I mean, but the idea that we're going to find ways to do this without any conflict just isn't reality. It's never been the reality. Why do we have martyrs? They they just stepped on rakes? Yeah, but it was figuratively, not literally. They stepped on rakes. And their names were Caligula, Nero, Saladin. Should I continue? Those were their names. Turk, Ottoman. Those were their names. Those what they called that's what they called the rakes back then. Tribal chieftain King Blank Mary Queen of Scots. That's what they were called. How did this happen? Because they just went along with everything. Paul told Nero everything he ever wanted to hear. And Nero just in one of his crazed rages just cut his head off because it was Tuesday. Is that what happened? Is that what happened? No. Peter told Caesar everything he wanted to hear. And he just decided one day, you know what, man, I'm just, feel like crucifying somebody upside down, brother, and your name came up. Is that what happened? No. Nope. Nope. So I don't know, man. It seems to me the losing strategy is give up control of all your institutions and let them silence you with them. And just take a paycheck so you don't ever speak out. And then expect things to get better or different. Because you kept your mouth shut and then just voted for a bunch of politicians who you're then upset about that once you gave them power, follow me now, while you're keeping your mouth shut and not challenging the system, you were shocked to learn the politicians you voted for to get something different kept their mouth shut and didn't challenge the system, right? Huh huh? huh? And, and and that's the strategy to turn it around? Call me dubious. I'm I'm a tad skeptical, that's gonna work. But we'll see. Because it appears that's the strategy we're going with. Have a great weekend. John 317. This is Steve Dace.
3: On the Blaze Radio Network.